right? And that's why as a Christian, when we stand up for morality, when we stand up for marriage between a man and a woman, that's the way God designed it. And we stand up for that and we say any other marriage is not a marriage in God's sight. When we stand up for that, you're bringing light into darkness and darkness doesn't like that. People don't like to be told they're in sin, but people need to be told they're in sin. I need to be told that I'm in sin. Yeah, it is true. And if, if you like that, you just get married. And your wife will tell you when you are in sin. Huh? You, you, your wife will tell you stuff your mama never, never ventured to tell you. That's the truth. Just, that happens. So here's the deal. They, what they saw okay, was real. But it was only a partial reality. My encouragement to you right now is to have the faith to see beyond what you currently see. See beyond what you see. Right now you're looking at it and that's what you see because you have to learn how to deal with disappointment. You really have to. Disappointment is a part of life. And if you don't deal with it, it will destroy you. You know anybody that just lives in constant disappointment? I mean, if you look for disappointment, you can be disappointed in just about anything. Okay, if you like baseball, okay, you'd be disappointed half the time. And your team's doing good if they're, if they're winning 500, 500, average 500% of the games, okay? 500, 50% of the games. You know what I'm saying? My brain is further ahead than my mouth. The story, your story, is a lot bigger than you. It's a lot bigger than you. And the truth is, there's a lot more going on than you think. And so I hope that encourages you today. This trip was a round-trip ticket. They left the tomb with their reality. He's dead. But what they thought was a one-way ticket, again, was actually a round-trip ticket. Nowadays, you have the digital. You ever fly these days? With, you know, it's on your phone. Like, who would have thought 10 years ago that you would use your phone as a ticket? Yeah, I mean, you just, I, have, I like paper tickets. I take both. And so, but my wife's techie, so she puts my ticket on my phone, and, and I'm scrolling through, and I'm looking, okay, Boise to Seattle, and Seattle to Hawaii. And I'm looking, all I see is Boise to Seattle. Where's my, where's my ticket? She's like, swipe up. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, wait, that's last year's ticket. And, and so I'm, I'm swiping, and I like the paper ticket. It's like, it's just secure. It's cool. I still do it, but, it's, but you got to learn to swipe because you're only halfway there. I can't fly from here to Seattle and go, well, I guess the trip's ruined. No, there's another flight. You have to know there's another flight. And Jesus, again, was a round trip. He was coming back in three days. All right, chapter 24. Let's get into this main heart of the message. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices they had prepared, and they went to the tomb. And in and, and other gospels, they were talking amongst themselves saying, who's going to roll the stone back for us? We don't know how, we wanted to get to his body, but somebody big is going to have to roll the stone back. And when they get there, they find out that God took care of that. God took care of the question before they knew it. And God has the answer before you realize the answer is already given. The stone was already rolled away and they were asking a question. That was the reality. Who's going to roll the stone back away? Well, God has things taken care of that you don't know about. And then you get to that and you're like, oh, God has this taken care of. You ever been there? It's like, oh, wow, God had this thing the whole time. So they, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. <laughs> what did you expect? Like, what were you expecting? And they got up early in the morning. I like this. They got up early in the morning to spend some time with Jesus. Only they got up early in the morning to spend some time with dead Jesus. Only Jesus wasn't dead. Right? You need to get up early in the morning. And when you do, you need to spend some time with Jesus. Because if you don't spend some time with Jesus in the morning, you're going to be praying a prayer of repentance to Jesus in the night. Right? You've got to ask God for help in the morning. I talked to a lady one time. She's like, well, I just do my devotions before bed. I'm like, it's too late. Before bed, you're repenting. Okay? You do some devotions in the morning. Get your heart prepared to say no to those temptations that will come at you throughout the day. Your story is bigger than you. 
What were you expecting? The, the, the stone was rolled away. There was no body. What were you expecting? And life is full of unmet expectations. If you don't believe me, get married. <laughs> you have all kinds of expectations. I've done a lot of weddings in 30 years. A lot of expectations. And, and it's always, it's always, I'll serve you. I'll love you. And sing this I'll honor you. I'll do all this stuff. But inside you're going, I'm going to get something out of this. That's what you're thinking, right? You don't get married just to serve the other person. Okay, it's all good here when you're talking, but you're thinking, I'm going to get something back. I'm going to get something back. I've seen some of the most ludicrous promises made at a wedding ceremony that in my mind, as I'm doing the ceremony, I'm like, you're, you're crazy, man. You have no idea what's coming. You have no idea what's coming. You need to, you need to listen to this uh, because what did you expect? Right. What did you expect? I know what the guy's thinking, what the girl's thinking, and they get on this honeymoon. And they, I, I hear about more fights on honeymoons than anything. I mean, it's, it's, how many of y'all, honest, how many of y'all fought on the honeymoon? Oh, you sanctified people. Two people were honest in this place. If you raise your hand, you can leave. You're good. The rest of you need Jesus. Um, okay, there, there's disappointments on honeymoons. There's things that happen, and, and I've heard of just like terrible fights on honeymoons. Why? Well, what were you expecting? What were you expecting? And then these angels talk to her and talk to them. They go in, they look around, and then there's these two angels that show up. And in their fright, it says the women bowed down their faces to the ground. But the man said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. Why are you guys here? What are you looking for? You're looking for something that's alive among the dead. It's like, what were you expecting, ladies? You know, Jesus said, it is finished, not it's over. Okay? He said it's finished, not it's over. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Let's get real here for a moment. Spiritually dead people look for life in empty places. Spiritually dead people look for life in empty places. They look for it in sex. They look for, for it in drugs. They look for it in possessions, in money, in relationships. They look for it in things. And when you have dead people looking for life in, in a spiritual graveyard, you will never find life. If you were dead spiritually, you have to look where the living is. You have to look to Jesus because he is life. And that's where you look. So if you're here today and, you, and you're, you've been looking for, for love in all the wrong places. I knew you were, gonna, you were thinking it. I was going to say it. All right. You're looking for things that you can't find where you're looking. You ever look for things that you can't find where you're looking? You ever found things in the fridge that didn't belong in the fridge? And then you found something in the cupboard that belonged in the fridge? And then you wonder how long has it been in there? I've done that before. And you're like, well, how did this get put people not thinking or people looking at their phone and putting things away? Okay, we, we look for things in the wrong places, but here's the thing. The more they consume, the emptier they become. And this might be you. It might be pornography. It might be immorality. It might be shopping. There's a lot of things that people pursue trying to find some sort of peace, some sort of happiness. And the more they do it, the emptier they feel inside. Why? Because that's not the way God intended for it to happen. Okay, fulfillment, guys, let me just be sure. Sexual fulfillment can only be happen, can only happen in a marriage between a man and a woman that are committed to each other. That, that's the only way. The Satan tries to say, oh, there's fulfillment, but there's not. Okay, it's an emptiness. God made it, and God is the best creator. But Satan can never improve on something God invented, Amen. ever. Okay, that's, that's just how it is. But he tries to make you think. The devil, devil offers you pleasure, but it always ends up in pain. Satan never offers you anything that ends up in freedom. Only bondage to something. In verse 5 through 8, it says this. Okay, why, do you, why, are you looking, why are you looking here? And it says in verse 8, I love this. It says, didn't he tell you? Okay, didn't he tell you? Actually, verse 6. He's not here. 
He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? Jesus said this, according to Jesus, these angels are according to Jesus, said the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, pretty specific, and on the third day be raised again. And verse 8 says, and then they remembered his words. Oh, he did say that. That's right. You know, the older I get, the more I tell my wife, you're right. You did tell me that. Like 10 years ago, I would argue, man, I would like, no, you didn't tell me that where we were standing. Anybody pull that trick? Like, where were we when you said that, right? And she's like, I don't know, but I told you. I'm like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Now she's like, she told you. I was like, yeah, you probably did. Because I'm getting old. I forget. I don't care. It's like, just the way it is, right? But here's, I, I want to tell you something. We should never be surprised at God's faithfulness. Don't ever be surprised when God comes through for you. As humans, we get so focused on what we see in front of us that we often forget about God's faithfulness. We get so focused on what's going on that we forget that God is a faithful God, that he does keep his promises, that three days later he is going to come back to life. And the hard part for me to understand why they didn't believe it is they saw Jesus keep his word for three and a half years as he did miracles and he raised people from the dead and he did all these amazing things and, and they still didn't believe the final promise that he was coming back. I don't get that, right? I'm like, how could they have missed that? Well, I think they were so traumatized at the moment that they forgot about the promises of the past. And this can happen to us. We get so traumatized by what we're facing that we forget that God is faithful. We forget. It's like, ah, oh, this is so crazy right now. And we're like, wait, but he came through for me so many times in the past. Why wouldn't he get me through this? Why wouldn't he? What, what were you expecting? What were you expecting? Can I tell you a story? Sure. All right. This is, real, this is real stuff. Okay. Ladies, close your ears. This is only for the guys. No. So this week, okay, my wife's back in Florida helping our daughter who's pregnant. And so this week, my wife has gone about seven days, and I get this text message on my phone. Don't recognize the number. Okay, and again, I, just, I, I opened it up, and I look at it, and guess what it was? It was a naked woman. It was a porn site. And I was like, ah, I have a decision. I didn't say that out loud, but I had a decision to make because the temptation, as a men, men know, the temptation is there to look. Okay, ladies, I don't know what you face, but I can only imagine your favorite store, Favorite store you shop at, you get a text on your phone that says 90% off everything right now. That's the only thing I can compare it to, right? And you'd be like, ah, it's something you're like, oh, I want to go to that store. And so I I had a decision to make right there. And I was like, I got to shut, I got to delete that sucker. I got to get away from that. Why? Because you hang out with the devil too long, you will give in to temptation. Okay. Every normal man is, is, is attracted to a nude female body. And so I had a decision to make right there to get rid of it. I texted my wife, let her know this is what happened. I fought it off. I, and, and then I, had, I started laughing. I was in my kitchen. I started laughing. And it was like the Holy Spirit knew what I was preaching on because I already had this prepared. And he was like, what did you expect? Your wife's gone. Of course you're going to get something like that. All right? And that, I mean, I think that's the first time it's ever happened. I was like, okay. And I started laughing. I was like, what do I expect? The devil will always tempt you at that moment. And like I told first service, if I'd have gave into it, you wouldn't have heard the story. Right? You've got to stand strong. What, what, what do I expect? Of course the devil is going to be tempting in your, in your moments of, of being away or in your moments of weakness. That's just how the devil works. Okay? And I'm just being, is it okay if I'd be real with you like that? Because some of you are like, whoa, I have three children. I should clue you in. Doesn't mean I'm ungodly. It means I'm a man. Right? God made it. God made it good. You know, get an amen from the men. Amen. A better amen from the women. Amen. There we go. 
You can just leave right now. Let's just go home. You learn something. So Bible reading is so important because for me, it's a constant reminder that it's bigger than me. My story is bigger than me. My decisions are bigger than me. The things that I do, the things that I say are bigger than me. And again, we can get so focused on world events that we forget that it's all being played out the way that God made it, the way that God scripted it. I told you a couple months ago, I, I had this thing. I, I look at words and I make words up in my brain and I saw the word scripture and I thought, you know, a script is a written thing and sure means that you know what's going to happen. So I am sure of the script. I am sure that this script is going to play out the way that God said it's going to play out. It's scripture. I'm sure of the script. God knows what he's doing with this whole world. So here's what I want you to do. Because these ladies and these, these disciples were so traumatized in the moment, they forgot the promises of the past. You have to learn to step back from things and get perspective. You ever been so involved in something that you just need to say, you know what, time out, I just need to step back and look. I need, I need to do something different, have a different angle on it. Because when you step back and look at it, you can get a different perspective. But when you're in the thick of it, it's hard to think it's going to turn out good, right? I mean, it, it can be that way in life. And we get so focused on world events that we forget it's all being played out the way God has it scripted, okay? So this world has to get into chaos for the Antichrist to take power. Because if everything was calm in the world, we don't need a world leader. So this world is going to get crazier. What did you expect? Jesus said in the end times, this crazy stuff is going to happen. It's going to get crazier. Immorality is going to get pushed on you. You're going to see all kinds of things go on. You're going to see Christianity being belittled. Okay? And, and that's what we're seeing these days. We'll, we'll tolerate everything but you as a Christian. Like those that preach tolerance the most are the least tolerant people that I know of. Because they don't like and they, they speak against what I believe. All right, live the way you want. But when you start belittling me for my beliefs in Jesus Christ and what the word of God says about how we should live, okay, that to me is intolerant, right? So there's a big hypocrisy there in my mind. But this world, this stage is being set for the return of Christ. And the more I see craziness happen, the more I get excited that Jesus is coming back soon. He really is. Be right with Jesus today. So the women, verse 9 they, they, they're like, oh yeah, he remembered, he said he was coming back. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and the others. They go run into the disciples and they're like, hey, Jesus, he's not there. He came back. And, and Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James and the others with them who told, did you catch this is all women here? The women seemed to be the one that cared more and the men were the chickens. Like the women were like, they were going to go do something. The guys were like, oh, we're scared. Right. Because it says they were, they were hiding in a room by themselves, eating some food. All right, they were scared. And the women were the ones that were going to go take care of Jesus. And the men were being chickens. And it says that the women came and told the apostles. It says, but they did not believe the women because their, I be real careful when I read this verse, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. I'm not going to preach on that scripture just in itself. Or we're going to look at the context. They seemed like nonsense. Jesus is gone. What do you mean he's gone? And then in Luke's gospel, it says, Peter, however, got up and he ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. And in the book of John, John, the apostle, was also there, their disciple. Okay. John, actually, he takes a little jab at Peter in the book of John. He says, Peter and John ran, because John's writing in the third person. He goes, and John outran Peter. He's like, 
I beat him there, but I've been talking third person so it doesn't look like I'm bragging, but, but I was Jesus's favorite. I'm the one that Jesus loved. And it says, John, you know, the one Jesus loved. John's kind of digging a little bit. And I can't say Peter didn't deserve it because he was kind of a knucklehead. And Peter runs and he gets there and, and he leaves going, what happened? What did you expect? What did you expect? You expected him to stay in the grave? We'll call Peter, pondering Peter, because he's still pondering what in the world happened. Remember when Jesus told this, Peter? What were you expecting? Well, how does this apply to our lives today? Here's what I know. When you're in it, it's hard to see your way out of it. And that may be where some of you are today. When you're in the middle of it, it's hard to see your way out of it. And this is why church attendance is so important. Not just church attendance, but church family. Life groups are so important to say, hey, I know it's, going, it's hard, but you're going to make it. We all need somebody to cheer us on because when we're in the middle of it, we don't see the way out of it most of the time. And that's what a church family really is supposed to do. We're supposed to be each other's cheerleaders to say, hey, you're going to make it. You're going to get through this. And sometimes those, those words will keep you going. So my question is, is what promises has Jesus made to you? Has he promised that he would be with you? Yes or no? Has he promised to leave, not leave you or not forsake you? Yes or no? He's promised that, right? Does he promise he's coming back for those who are waiting for him? Yes. If you're a Christian, you've given your life to Jesus Christ. Okay, he is coming back. It's called the rapture. As God just takes his church up and we disappear up into the sky. And people that refused Jesus get left here on this earth. And then it goes really crazy. So you don't want to be in that. Okay? You don't want to be, you want to be in the first group out. So if he promises to be with us, he promises to never leave us or forsake us. If he promises to come back, what are we expecting? What are we expecting? Are we expecting this world just to be great? No, the world is going crazy. It's going to go crazy. Jesus said, I'm going to come back in three days, and he did it. And Jesus said, this world's going to go nuts before I come back the second time. What are we expecting? Are we expecting peace and love and joy? Because that's what we're getting preached. But that's not what's happening. And Jesus said, when people are saying, peace, 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 that's when destruction comes. So as Christians, we have to be ready for that because the rapture is closer than ever before. And we've got to be rapture ready. Jesus is our hope. I'm going to tell you a story that's not true. When my wife was having children, birthing children, and she was just in this tremendous amount of pain, just ah, pain. And I'm like, what were you expecting? Get over it, woman. Cowgirl up. You got this. Like I said, that story is not true. I prefaced it with this is not a true story. That's not what you should do as a husband. It'd be like, well, what were you expecting? Of course, there's going to be labor pains. Didn't you read Genesis chapter 3? Because you sinned, Eve sinned, and now you... Wednesday night we're going through Genesis verse by verse. It's a lot of fun if you like verse by verse Bible study. 7 o'clock on Wednesdays, we've got something for everybody. And, and so I, I would never say that to my wife who's birthing my kids. What were you expecting? You wanted a baby. And she wanted a baby like the first year of marriage. I'm like, no, I'll get you a cat. We got a cat and we got a dog. Finally, we waited a year and then we had our children. It was great. We had our three kids fast and now we get to enjoy like being 50 and having adult children. It's awesome. And they're great kids, all right? They're not kids. They're men and women now. All right? They're some of our best friends. But that was, that was like our plan. But she wanted like, I want a baby right away. I'm like, no, I want a year of bliss. Expectations. I don't want screaming children three months out, right? I, I, no, all right? Let's just wait, all right? Yeah, let me not say that. Um, I'm not going to say that. I've got to show some self-control there. I was going to say something about practicing, but... Um, if you don't know what it meant, come to my marriage life group tonight, and uh, we'll clue you in on, on married life. All right. 
what were you expecting? What were you expecting? We did the epidural thing. And some of you know why we did the epidural thing. My mom and dad are either here or they're watching. When my, my mom had my brother, back in the days when the husbands couldn't go into the room, right, they, my dad came out, he had a white t-shirt on, he had blood running down his pectoral muscle. And I was like, what happened? He's like, your mom bit me. I was like, that's traumatic. So when we had our first child, I'm like, when's the epidural coming? Because I ain't getting bit, man. I mean, and uh, so we had three epidurals. It was great. We, we laughed and we joked through the whole time. Uh, I was like, how much was it? 1800 bucks. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Because stitches right there are worse, right? I just didn't want to get bit. <laughs> Stay away from things that will bite you. All right? Just do that. What were you expecting? What were you expecting? All right? So hang in there. Hang in there. Keep going. I don't know where you're at. It might be dark right now in your life, but I want to tell you something. Your destiny is often found in the darkness. The destiny is found is when you can't see, because when you can't see, that's when you rely on the light of the world, who is Jesus Christ. Okay, you have to learn that, how to do that. I'm going to have our, our worship, not the team, but well, the husband and wife team come up, um, and we're getting ready to do a baptism here. So if you're going to get baptized, all right, if you would just get ready for that, you put your shorts on or however you're going to do that. Um, but I want to just leave you with just a couple moments of thinking. Okay, hang in there. Just because it's dark does not mean it's done. Okay? You hang in there. That God is doing something in the darkness that you can't see. Jesus is coming back. You will get through what you're facing. You will. Okay, just keep going. Now, let's be real here. If your sin is causing your situation, you need to repent and get forgiven. You need to, okay, that's a big deal. You've got to repent of your sin. I'm not here to preach you some fluffy message. If you're sinning, like intentionally sinning, and I'm talking making mistakes, I'm talking you're just living in sin, you can't expect God to bless that. You have to repent and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I've been living in a way that's not pleasing to you. Um, we can't live in disobedience expect God to be good with it. Okay, misery comes upon us when, when we're sinning. Why? Because the misery is caused to, meant to, is caused to me. I was going to be messing up my words. Misery is meant to cause us to stop. That's, that's the whole point of it. Matter of fact, if I know of somebody that's backsliding, like in our church, you know what I pray? I often pray, God, make them miserable. Make them miserable enough that they'll quit doing what they're doing. Are you miserable today? Have you given your life to Christ? There's the question that you have to answer is, is where am I going to spend eternity? Heaven or hell, there's only two places. And Jesus came so that we could spend eternity in heaven with him. But we have to accept it. We have to ask him to be our savior. We have to, to say, God, please forgive me my sins. I want this peace. I want this joy that this preacher's talking about. I've never experienced it. I've tried a lot of things. Nothing's fulfilling. Maybe it's time to give God a shot. Amen? And God won't disappoint you. I promise that. So here's how we do it here. I'm just going to ask everybody to bow their heads. This is kind of a private moment between you and me and God. And if that's you today, if you need to give your life to Jesus Christ, if you need to ask him to be your Lord and Savior, okay, guys, eternity depends on it. If you need forgiveness from him, I'm going to ask you to be bold and brave. I'm not going to point you out or embarrass you in any way, but, but publicly, if that's you, if you would just lift your hand up, say, Stan, that's me. I need to give my life to Jesus. Is there anybody today? Okay, I see that hand. All right, two hands. All right, I see three. Okay, four. All right. And here's what I want to ask us to do. We pray this as a family. There's no magic to it. It's just a prayer of asking God to forgive us. And so church, let's just pray this together. And if you raise your hand and you mean it, just pray this prayer and God will forgive you and come into your life. And let's pray it. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died for me. 
and I ask that you will forgive me of my sin and come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You just got forgiven. You just became a Christian. That's a, that's a great thing. That means that, means that if, you, if you died, if you died right now, that you would go to heaven, regardless of how you've lived. In that moment when Jesus comes into your life and forgives you, you're clean. You're clean. And that's a good thing. If you need a Bible, if you need a, we have a new believer's handbook. Uh, there is information booth after church. You can stop by and grab one of those. Um, so anyhow, let's, uh, let's close in a prayer. And uh, thank you so much for being here today. Let's stand. Let's say close in a prayer. I may close in a song. When I start mincing my words, it's time to shut up.